Hello and welcome to the first bonus podcast of Two Nerds Walk In. I'm Randy Boyles. And I'm Aaron Tymek. So originally we had planned on including this in this week's episode two. However, when Aaron and I got started talking, uh, we ended up running a little bit longer than we thought we were going to. What ended up being planned out as a 30-minute section ended up at just over an hour and 10 minutes, almost an hour and 20 minutes. So what we decided to do is we didn't want to cut anything out of it. We wanted to give it all to you guys, but we didn't want to subject you to a two-hour long podcast. So what we've decided to do is we've chopped this section out. We're going to bring it to you as a bonus podcast. And if you guys like this, we're going to try and bring this to you with every new magic set that comes out. So please let us know at Two Nerds Podcast and Two Nerds Walk In.com and the Two Nerds Walk In Facebook page, whether or not you found this helpful, whether you liked it. Uh, but I think that this is going to be a really interesting thing for us to do and a way for us to be able to really get in depth with the magic cards that are coming out without detracting too much from our normal podcast. So Aaron, I think that you know a little bit more about Kaladesh than I do, so why don't you get us started with this? So before we actually talk about this wonderful plane of Kaladesh, because this is for the first time in a good amount of time, I guess since Theros, that we're on a brand new plane. Yep. I mean, we, let's we'll introduce you to the plane a little bit of lore and to what it is not so much the story of it if you want to read that you can do that i highly recommend it but kaladesh is this wonderful what you'll notice in the art it's very bright it's very happy this is a positive plane we're not going into some pessimistic plane of oh no weird tentacle monsters are eating the earth or there's all these vampires and death monsters everywhere which is what this we is... have been stuck in for a while with things like innistrad and places like that right now we're in happy time everything's kind of positive we're we're inventing we're creating which is what kaladesh is kaladesh is the hub of invention it's this weird aether punk which is a steampunk variant just everything's run off aether instead of steam we see that this is, this is a Chandra's home plane, which the first time we saw it was in Origins and little cards here and there as flashback things, but nothing really too deep on it. We're at the Inventor's Fair, which is where all of the greatest inventors in Kaladesh, which is, oh yeah, everybody comes in and tries to show off what they did. They're all strutting their stuff in their big old wee-wee measuring contest. And, and at the same time, you've got all of these rules that are in place that, you know, there's not supposed to be a whole lot of combat going on. This is supposed to be a peaceful fair that people are at. And that kind of comes out in some of the cards where it's like, yep, they came in and they, they destroyed this thing, but they did it in a way that they didn't get caught. <laughs> right, right. They did it through weird backhanded tactics. We live in the world of, oh, one of my favorite things on this plane are the gremlins, which is a nice throwback to, like, the superstitious of, you know, that's why people have bells on their motorcycles, is so the gremlins don't take parts out of it. One of my favorite Looney Tunes cartoons is when he uh, Bugs Bunny is dicking around with the gremlin who's trying to make the bombs go off in the bay. Like, there's a great little lore there in the real world and this one. Uh, Kaladesh is loosely based on India. Fun little fact. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, that's why, well, that's why they picked a lot of the colors that they picked. It's why the fair is an open street market fair, similar to like we would see in India and stuff like that. Yeah, I can see that, because some of the cards like uh, Train Domerary, it looks very... Yeah, it has kind of that India look to it. Yep. Uh, that's also why we get, like, uh, Sahili Ray. That, um, it's based on that. We have... Uh, it's a low magic plane, ironically, being in Magic the Gathering. 
This is all inventing based. This is all everything that is magic for the most part is Technology. an invention. And yeah. Okay. Uh, so what are the new mechanics that we've got to deal with in Kaladesh? Um, we have two new, uh, three new ones if we count energy, which, so energy, I know you are not a fan of it, I am is not. the best way I can describe it is mana light. It does extra stuff with the card. Like you can spend it on cards that'll come and use it. You get it. Basically, whenever a card says you get it, there isn't a way to drain someone out of it, which is kind of nice. So you can kind of you can hoard it until you need it. You're not getting to lose it because you got it and don't have anything to do with it. And that's that's kind of my problem with it from a because the when it comes to magic, Aaron is more of a new player, and I'm I'm old school. I was here since beta playing. I mean, I've had tons of cards over the years. Um, I've participated competitively and i've participated casually um to give you kind of a sense of where i come from one of my best friends eric and i won the two-headed state championship for illinois back in 2007 uh when they held two-headed giant thing so when i'm talking about stuff you know i'm i'm definitely not saying i'm one of the best that there is but i i have a basis of my knowledge because i've been playing for a very long time aaron played on and off for a while and then really has gotten into it recently is that right no within the last five i yeah i started playing standard again four years ago five years ago okay and so he's got he's got a lot more of the new stuff than i've got down so he's got a different view of how it is for, for me something like energy you can't really try and play around it and that's my problem with it is because you you build up the energy and yep you've got all the energy and i can't do anything about it and it's not very interactive outside of I can try and deal with your cards that use energy. Um, and that's where my problem mainly comes in with energy. But outside of that, the way that they've used it, I think that it's in there enough to be um, a good mechanic, um, just not necessarily one that I think is very interactive or fun. I, I, you're right, it's not interactive, but at the same time, like I said, it's in there, but it doesn't do anything busted other, like, Unless you have a lot of it, and it is pretty hard to get more. I think the most that I've seen regularly is four or five or six, like four four to six energy. Right. And you're mainly using it to make your one twos into like two threes and stuff like that. It's not, or which I think helps a lot. Our other new mechanic six, six. will be fabricate. Fabricate is on a creature. When you come in, it will say fabricate and a number. Tradition. A lot of them, I think, are mainly ones and twos. I think there's a fabricate three on the mon uh, the puppet master guy. Yep. And fabricate says when it comes in, you can either put that many plus one plus one counters on the creature that has fabricate, or you can put that many one one servo tokens into play. Uh, two things to note with fa fabricate: one, you don't get to split the difference. You can't put one servo and two plus one plus ones on. You have to do all plus one plus one counters, or all uh, thopters. They're not Two, thopters, they're servos. They're different. They're servos, not thopters, my bad. Yeah, they don't fly. So yeah, you either have to get all servos or all plus one plus one counters. Yep. The other, another thing to keep in mind when you play your fabricates is that's a trigger that goes on the stack. Play your card, announce the fabricate trigger, see if they response then. Because if they bolt it before you put counters on it or kill it before you put counters on it, you can still put servos into play. You decide when the ability resolves. It's fantastic. Yep. The other new mechanic we have is in the vehicles, which I'm not super impressed with. There's some good ones that I like. But vehicles, when you cast them, they are generally just... They might as well be 
wordless artifacts with crew whatever. They will say crew. So the crew is the new mechanic. With crew, you have to tap a creature whose power is, or creatures, so you can be multiple, whose power is equal to the number. So it'll say crew three, for instance. Um, the sm- or, well, the smuggler's copter is the example. This is what I'm looking at. It has crew one. So you have to tap a power with at least one power, and that creature be or that vehicle becomes a creature until end of turn. Now the one interesting things about this are that the crew ability can be used on a creature that has just come into play and has summoning sickness. So correct. So if I it's were to tapping play, it right. So if you were to play a creature and it's got two power, um, and you just played it, but you have something that has crew two, the turn it comes down, you can tap it and use that vehicle. Uh, the other interesting thing about it is that there are pilots. Um, pilots generally will give a special ability to a vehicle if they are used to crew it. For instance, one of them gives first strike, one of them gives haste, so the, t- the turn that your vehicle comes down, if you were to turn it on, it still has summoning sickness, uh, so you couldn't use it the same turn it comes down unless you had the pilot that gives it haste. Correct. And generally speaking, there are 11 vehicles, I believe, in the set most of them don't do anything upon entering, so until you make that vehicle a creature, they are, for all intents and purposes, blank artifacts. You are casting blank artifacts. Well, and that's that's true for some of them. Some of them do have abilities like to be able to tap for mana or just by coming into play, letting you draw a card, something along those lines. Right, no, I pick, I, like I said, I grab my top four because I'm overall not super impressed with them. They are nice because you can use a creature the turn you summon it now to do something. But outside of that, I'm just not that... I don't plan to go out of my way to play them. Yeah, I I can see that. But at the same time, I also see that there are a few of them that's like Crew 3 for a 5-5. So you're getting a 5-5 instead of your 3-3 to be able to attack. And I think that that's pretty powerful, especially in limited limited formats. The vehicle I think that is best for limited is going to be Smuggler's Copter. So you pay 2 mana. Crew 1 for a 3-3 flying. When you attack, you get to loot. Yeah, you get to loot. So you draw a card, then discard a card. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably my favorite one. It's the easiest one to throw into a deck. It's the easiest one to use because now all your servos activate a smuggler's copter. Yep. It's by far my favorite vehicle. Put it in the books. All right, we can put that in the books. Yeah, um, and I I really like, there's a Mythic Rare out there that's called Sky Sovereign Console Flagship. Um, that's Crew 3, tur- turns it into a 6-5, gives it, uh, it's a flying 6-5, and when it enters the battlefield or attacks, so it's not one of the ones that's dead when it just comes in, it deals 3 damage to a creature or planeswalker that your opponent controls. And I think that that by itself is a huge ability. Yeah, no, that's my that's my number two. I like it. Um, there's only one thing that flat out kills it in the set mm-hmm. without having to put extra work into it, which is nice. Yep. It easily my second favorite vehicle. Yep, very, very, very bomby when it comes to limited format. Okay. Uh, the other one I like a lot is my third favorite one, and really it's the only other one on my list of favorites, I think, is the Cultivator's Caravan. I love, I'll, I'll take mana of any color. I'll take mana fixing, and it's a 5-5. Five five. Yep. Sure. Yeah, um, the other one that I liked when I was looking at them, um, I really think that the Fleetwood Cruiser 
her fleet wheel cruiser is is good. Um, it has trample, it has haste, and when it comes into the battlefield, it turns itself on. It doesn't need to be crewed the turn it comes down. So it's a 5-3 haster for 4 mana with trample. I think that, that one's really good. Um, the other one that I think is really interesting is the uh, oval chase dragster, which is a si similar thing when it comes down, it has trample and haste, crew of one for a 6 1. So essentially, you got a an artifact ball lightning that you need to tap one critter for. If it had trample or if it was easier to give, does, it has, does that one it have? has trample? Trample and haste for a 6 1. Oh, that's alright then. That's not terrible. It's still a 6 1. It's going to die. You're going to get one attack out of it, is my only complaint. You are. You Or or if they don't have a board, then you're going to get 6 damage and your ball lightning is going to stay in play. I mean, it's limited. They have a board. It depends on if you got enough removal. Speaking of, uh, now that we've kind of covered what's going to be in this, we're just going to talk a little bit about some general strategy for doing a limited. Um, again, this is from experience that I've got and experience that Aaron's got. Uh, when it comes to limited for me, uh, my buddy Eric and I always had a acronym that we learned online at some point from someone so credit goes out to that person but we've always used it and found it to be pretty true the way you want to look at limited you want to look at uh, is called break bombs removal evasion abilities and crap um, so you want to look for your bombs you want to look for the things like the the sky sovereign and you want to try and see if you can play around those because if you have a bomb and limited and it comes down you're probably going to win um that's always been my experience unless you get out play they have a bigger bomb they have some kind of removal to take care of it um but if you get your bomb out there it's generally going to be able to carry you in limited because there's not going to be a really high level of play directly against you because they're playing out of a limited pool too and they may not have a bomb if you have multiple bombs good for you you're probably going to do pretty well after that would be removal you want to play your removal cards which whether they be burn spells whether they be counter spells whether they be bounce spells because all of those spells are going to help you advance your position on the board while you're setting your opponent back and this set has quite a few removal cards that get you you know very good effects for really good mana costs for what these are and and some of them are very versatile in how you would use them and so if you've got your bomb and you've got the removal to back it up it'll generally be able to carry you the next thing for me that you want to look at is evasion which is if you have abilities like flying or can't be blocked or menace which is another form of evasion that limits what they can block those creatures with so if you've got a 2-2 that has flying or you've got a 3-3 grounder the 2-2 with flying is generally going to be better because it's going to get more damage through for you so that's why you want to look at those evasion critters next after that is abilities so if you've got a critter that can tap to to tap something down or if it'll tap to give you mana or tap to do a point of damage or tap to draw you a card those kind of creatures you want to definitely try and see if you can get in there to be able to use for their abilities because they will give you more effect for their mana cost than a regular vanilla creature will give you the one nice thing about this set is that there are relatively few vanilla creatures i think aaron you were telling me there's only about six of them yeah i did my count up i think i got five or six and i'd don't play them. Just yeah. don't. You don't have to. Don't play them. Yeah, if you, do, if, if you don't have to. I mean, if you need, I mean, if your curve needs you to have a 6-mana six 6-6 six, six and you're in green, go ahead and use that worm. Um, but there's probably something else that you can play out there that is going to be better in that spot. And one of the things you always want to take into account is, is 
you're playing limited, everybody else is playing limited, so it's going to be about how well your deck functions. So some cards that you may not look at and go, wow, that's really good for your standard deck, may be really good in limited because you're trying to do something with your deck. You're not just taking the best cards and putting them together. That's not going to make a deck work. You need your deck to have a focus and a goal on what it's doing. So something that you may not normally play, like... Um, in this set, there's a card that's called Hunt the Weak, where you put a 1-1 counter on a creature, that creature fights a creature you don't control. You may not want to play that in Standard, but that's going to be really good in a, something like Limited, because that's A, buffing your creature up, and B, you can use it as a removal card against something that your opponent is playing. Um, so it's something that you really want to take into account, that you're in a limited format, you need to see how these things are going to directly impact what you're doing, and how your deck is going to go against somebody else's deck that's similar. Okay, um, do you have any other basic t strategy type tips for the folks out there? Oh, I, I personally, it's just a, a playstyle choice. I prefer to play a much more removal than average, mm -hmm. if I can get away with it. I, generally speaking, go for creatures somewhere in the teens. And then if I can avoid combat tricks and just go straight removal, I do that. I just prefer to kill them or yeah. bounce them and make them use their spells. Like, I'm just looking to hamper their resources the most. Yeah, and I agree. I think that that's the perfect way to try and look at doing a limited format. So with that, what we're going to do, um, we're going to go color by color, essentially, and then we're going to try and give you what we think the the best card is for that color, something you want to keep an eye out for and why, and then for limited, and then we're also going to take a look at what this set may do for constructed by picking out a couple of cards that we think are really going to impact constructed for one reason or another. So we're going to start with white and so the card I think that is really going to be great in limited and if you can drop it against your opponent I think will probably carry the day is going to be Cataclysmic Gear Hulk. It is balance on a stick and it is a 4-5 vigilance stick that comes down for 5 mana. At that point setting your opponent back Four, three or four mana um, and then also dropping them down to one critter to be able to try and defend against you I mean that is hard to come back from I absolutely agree but I'm going to put you on the spot here All right. I think taking any of the gear hulks is kind of a way out because they're always if you pull a gear hulk it's, it's a bomb it doesn't matter you're probably going to want to be playing it mm -hmm. I, so if you had to pick another color do you have one if I have another, another card, card yeah, I have another card. If you, and I'll even go down, um, I'll go down as far as to pick something that I think is uh, something that not a lot of people will necessarily see as really good. Uh, Thriving Ibex is a common card that I think is really good. Four mana for a 3-5. Um, when you look at what the power and toughness is on most of the other things in this set, I think is really good. And it's it goes against what I like because it you does have energy, but I can get away with it because the way I think about it is when it attacks, you can spend the two energy you just got to make it a 3-5. Um, you can also spend other energy to put a, a plus one, plus one counter on it. But I think Thriving Ibex will be really good both from a if you need to stabilize your board and get caught up or if you're being aggressive with it and you have other things that can put energy behind it um thriving ibex i think is a really good common that would be able to carry the day for you no that's fair i i like that a lot the thriving cycle is for the most part okay i think i like the red one the most personally 
Yeah. Um, but my white card, I'm gonna. I've got one bomb and one other one. I'm gonna throw out there. I think Wisps, uh, Wisp Weaver Angel is going to be very powerful mm-hmm. when you cast it. It's a four four flyer, which is great. It's for six, which is a little off curve. We're not necessarily looking for that, but it'll be able. It it flickers something when it comes in, meaning it takes it off the battlefield and puts it back in immediately. Uh, your, uh, your, your control, it's card. great because there's a lot of enter the battlefield of triggers effects in this format, and we could really start abusing those with Wisp Weaver Angels. It's an uncommon, so you have an okay chance at getting more than one in a sealed pool. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite good. The other card that I really like is an enchantment. It's a rare one drop. It is Authority of the back. Councils. Yes, I like Authority of the Councils a lot. See, Normally, I-, I don't like life gain. I do like having my opponent's creatures come into the battlefield tapped. Because, like I said, that's taxing them. They don't have that for blockers, and a lot of times we're playing a creature for little more than having a blocker in limited. That's all we want. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, life gain in limited kind of goes a long way. We're building decks to deal 20 damage, not 25. Yep. Well, and uh, Authority of the Consoles is actually one of the cards that I was going to suggest for constructed play, because I think that Authority of the Consoles is good in limited, but I think it is definitely good enough to be in a white-blue control or a white-green deck out there that's doing some life gain because one mana for that enchantment where everything that they're playing is going to come in play tapped, I mean, we've had effects like that before, but it's generally like two mana for a 2-1 creature that's going to do that. Now for one mana, you're going to have everything come into play tapped, and then on top of that, anytime any creature enters the play under your opponent's control, you gain a life. So if you've got an effect that's going to put a critter under their control, it's going to gain you life. If they're going to play something against you or they're gonna let's say they fabricate and they choose to make the servos well each of those creatures is going to give you a life yeah no i agree i like it um i'd I'd like it more in constructed if we didn't have the new thalia in constructed right now Mm -hmm. which also does non-basic lands come into play tapped so it's good i think there's reason to play it if you're not on though a human's plan yeah and it's fine in constructed absolutely i could see this going in a lot of edh decks i could see it Maybe getting brought in against like a Jund deck, since what are they going to do to your Mind Enchantment for modern? Like, right. At least main board, they won't have anything. And but I don't know that we main board this in a number of decks. It's probably a fine sideboard card, especially against aggro. Oh, well, we just lost uh, Collected Company, so it's a shame that we just lost Collected Company for this. Yep. Uh, the other card that I would call out for constructed play that I think is really good is Captured by the Consulate. Uh, one white, three of anything for an enchantment aura. Enchants a creature you don't control, so it can't be redirected onto one of your critters. That critter can't attack, and if your opponent plays a spell that targets a single target, it has to change it to the enchanted creature if able. So not only does it t- take one of their creatures out from being able to attack you, but it will also... Po- conceivably most of the time save at least one of your critters from one of their removal spells that they've got yeah no i like it a lot uh my constructed call out right now i'm gonna go with skyweather shot i like it a lot yep uh two and a white just destroy a creature with power three or greater and that's value all on its own on top of that i get to scry one scry is my favorite thing to be doing in magic (laughs) because i mean i i value it as it's it's almost the same as drawing a card yeah, well, it definitely lets you manipulate what's coming up, which is what's really good about it. And that's another one that uh, is definitely a super, super powerful card for limited because it can't deal with your opponent's bomb if their bomb happens to be a critter because it's probably going to have power three or greater. Yeah, no, we're taking out Sky Sovereign ships with this. We're getting rid of the whales. All of the gear hulks are just gone. It's yep. great. 
Um, so going on to blue now, uh, I think that for limited, uh, I'm gonna, I've am gonna i got a common one for this one as well. I think that Aether Trade Winds is probably one of the better ones that you can try and get. Uh, one blue, two of anything, instant, return target permanent you control and target permanent you don't control to their owner's hands. Again, this lets you put them back on tempo and if you have a permanent that has a come into play effect um, you can bounce it right back up to your hand and drop it again and that works for you know if they're targeting a creature that works if they're targeting any permanent that you own um, you can save it and return something to their hand or if it's just a good comes in a play effect, you can just reuse the effect. And I think that that is really powerful, especially in this set, especially with some of the other cards that are going to come up later that have to do with comes in a play effects. Fair, fair. I'm going to go with... I, I like Malfunction. I'm a big fan of auras that just make your creature a big dummy. <laughs> it doesn't get to do anything. Yep. Um, I think this is the one that lets it block, sadly. The white version is a little bit better. Nope. It, it's not uh, malfunction uh, taps the enchanted permanent and then it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't untap. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like this one because good luck crewing a vehicle now when you can't untap things. It's for all intents and purposes, it's removal. Yeah. And they're going to use their removal in this set. The only thing I think gets rid of artifacts also or gets rid of enchantments also gets rid of artifacts. You're probably going to be making them want to get rid of your artifacts anyway. That creature for most purposes is out of the game. Yeah, I think another one that you want to keep an eye out for for limited is definitely Long Finned Sky Whale. Uh, it's a four-three flyer for two blue, two of anything. Uh, the downside to him is that he can't, he can only block other creatures with flying. Um, but he's really good for two big reasons for me. Number one, four-three flyer for four. Um, if your opponent doesn't do anything about him they're going to lose in a hurry. That puts a huge clock on them. The other thing, too, is if you drop this guy down, it's going to be the target for as much removal as your opponent is going to be able to throw at it. So it will bait out any kind of big removal that you can then follow up and drop your big thing um, because they're going to see it and they're going to overreact to it. Um, and if they can't overreact to it, then they're going to die to it. So that's another one that I would say keep an eye out for. Uh, something I'd like to look out for, that you want to look for in deck construction is if you've got the slot for Era of Innovation and you are running Artifacts or Artificer, Artificer Heavy Deck, there's no reason not to drop it in. It's two drop, you put it, and then from that point forward, whenever an Artifact or an Artificer comes into play, you can pay one to get two energy. Pay six energy, sacrifice it, draw three cards. Yeah, It pays off later. It's They're not going to do anything about it because it's not doing anything most of the game. It, yep. It's a nice little sleeper... And it's energy, so it's not even mana. It's the way I personally view energy at this point is if you can use the energy instead of mana, you are getting a free spell of draw three cards. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to constructed, the the biggest card that caught my eye with this is Metallurgic Summonings. It is a mythic rare, so it probably will cost a little bit of money if you don't get your hands on them at a pre-release. Um, but it's two blue, three of anything for an enchantment. Whenever you play an instant or sorcery spell, create an XX colorless construct artifact creature token, where X is that spell's converted mana cost. You're telling blue that if they counterspell somebody, they can get a 2-2 bear for it. That is an amazing effect for blue because every single time you cast a, a instant or sorcery spell, which is 99.999% of things that blue mages like to do, you're going to get a creature out of it. 
that is an amazing effect. But then on top of it, for two blue and three of anything, you exile the enchantment if you don't have a use for it and return all instant or sorcery cards from your graveyard to your hand. While you can only do this if you have six or more artifacts, if you can reuse every spell you had, that is an amazing ability, especially for blue, because you can pick those things up to give you just enough oomph to bring you over the hump to win a game. Yeah, absolutely. My constructed pick mm-hmm. is going to be Sahili's, or no, not Sahili's Artistry. I'm a liar. Uh, where is it? Glimmer of Genius. Scry two, draw two cards, you get two energy. We're going to put this into a, it's four mana. Yep. And that's about as good of a draw spell as we're going to get anymore. We're going to put this in our control deck. We're playing the long game. It's an instant, so we can hold up the removal or the counter. And if we don't need to use it, we just draw two cards instead. Seems good. Yep. Okay. Fantastic. Remember, play all of your instants at end of turn if you can. Yep. You want to you wanna hold on to instants because there's a reason that they're an instant. Um, you know, you want to save it as long as you can, especially if you're playing blue. Leaving blue mana open at the end of a turn always oh. has your opponent thinking, does he have a counter spell? So spooky. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go to black now. Um, and for black, I'm going to really emphasize what a bomb can do in a game, even though it's a mythic rare. And yes, of course, we're going to play the mythic rare. Demon of Dark Schemes is the epitome of what a bomb is. It is a six mana, five, five flyer. When it comes into play, all other creatures get minus two, minus two until end of turn. Whenever another creature dies, you get an energy. Again, energy. I may not like energy, but it works with this guy. One black, two of anything, and four energy. Put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control tapped. So on turn six and limited, you're probably not going to have many things that's going to survive minus two, minus two, especially if you do combat smartly and play him post-combat when everything is weakened. But once this guy hits the board, he is now a 5-5 flyer that they need to deal with that turn. Otherwise, more than likely, you're going to be able to activate his ability the very next turn and start essentially snowballing with this huge 5-5 flyer that just dropped and wrecked the board. It it doesn't get more bomby than that. Yeah, no, that's the epitome of a bomb. Peptone it's, it's good, I like it, It's you're going to play it if you get it, you should, if you can support it mana-wise, unless for some reason you're forced into going three colors, I don't see you ever not playing it. If you go three colors, don't play this card. No, because it is definitely, you need three black mana to be able to cast him, and the number of times he would be sitting in your hand uncastable in a three-color deck would not make it worth playing him, um, and that's kind of what you need to take into account is, just because you have a bomb doesn't mean you play it. You need to be able to support it in a deck, and you don't want to splash black for one card. Um, you need to be able to play him, but if you can play him, you need to play him. Yeah, he's really good. So I'm going to go the opposite of this. I'm going to go with not a bomb, uh, not even really removal. It's more disruption than anything. I It's probably my favorite black card in the set. Second favorite, the puppeteer guy is really good. Uh, Harsh Scrutiny. I'm a big fan of making my opponents discard cards mm-hmm. um, in limited. The reason I'm putting this in my limited pick is they're going to have a creature in their hand more than likely. Yep. It's a one drop. You can do this turn one, which is great. So take like, so when you keep your hand, you keep your hand planning out your first like three turns worth of plays. If you can get rid of their turn two play, now they've got a dead turn. That's fantastic. We want that. 
Mm-hmm. On top of that later game, this is still fine. If you could eat their bomb this way, fantastic. One mana, get a creature out of their hand, and on top of that, we're scrying. I always want to be scrying. Yep. Uh, another card, if I, uh, to, to pick a non-mythic rare for that I think is really good and limited, would be Live Fast. Uh, one black, two of anything. It's a sorcery. Uh, you draw two cards, lose two life, and gain two energy. Uh, I am always a fan of the lose two life, draw two cards cards that are in practically every set. Um, but... In this set, as much as I dislike energy, if you can also tack on getting some additional energy onto it, it seems like it'd be a really good effect. And in limited, card advantage is king. If you can get card advantage on your opponent, that is that many more things that you can do that your opponent isn't going to be able to deal with. Or if you're behind, it's going to help you get caught up because those two cards are probably going to do you more good than two life is going to do. Yep, that's the idea. Um, Yeah. So for Constructed, I think that my favorite card is going to be Lost Legacy. Um, when Back in the day when Cranial Extraction came out, it was probably my favorite card. Now I can do Cranial Extraction a turn sooner. Um, the downside to it is that if you removed it from their hand, then they get to draw a card to replace it, um, which they didn't get to do with Cranial Extraction. But playing Lost Legacy and naming... Gideon or naming Chandra and removing that problem from the deck is amazing but it's only amazing in my opinion in constructed using this in limited is really hard because you're probably only going to hit one card and you're not going to know what your opponent has especially game one so you may sideboard it in game two or game three if they have a really big bomb but game one it's going to be practically useless to you because you're not going to know what they have yeah no so game one you're not going to put this in but game two and three it's reasonable because you can strip their bomb, or if they're running a weird combo, you can strip a key combo piece. It there, There's reasons to run it, I suppose, post-board. Yeah, but constructed, generally, by turn three, you're going to know what your opponent is playing. You're going to have an idea on what card you need to hit, and it's a pretty safe cast at that point to be able to go, okay, you don't have Jaya anymore. <laughs> yeah. So my constructed card is going to be Marionette Master. Yep, I really I, like this card. Yep, Fabricate 3, we're going to... It's 4 black black, or a 1-3. Sounds real bad, I'm aware. We can Fabricate 3. So we could make it, we could make a 4-6 if we want to. Or we can put 3 colorless servo artifacts into play. That's still so-so. We're still only getting 4 power out of this card at this point. And then it's Ability, where it gets good. Whenever an artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, target opponent loses life equal to Marionette Master's power. So if we have something buffing our creatures, we put those three servos into play, we let them die, and we deal, we bolt them for three or two or however many we've got left in for our power toughness. Seems good, because your servos are going to die. Or, if we've still got clues, if you have somebody that's giving you a bunch of clues, we can go ahead and start doing them four every time we sacrifice a clue to draw a card. Draw a card deal four damage seems good yep i think that's a really strong card especially if you're doing black you generally have ways to sacrifice things um you know and if you have constructed you can do cards you know to to make your guys into artifacts there's there's artifacts out there that turn everything you control into artifacts and then you start sacking stuff off and doing a fair bit of damage it's a, it's a real easy card to build around but it's a real fun card to build around which 
I've always found black to do is, you know, they take a unique twist on something and let you play around it. Um, when it comes to red, uh, again, you're going to not like this, but Combustible Gear Hulk needs to come up here. Um, six mana for a 6-6 six, six first striker with the ability to either draw you three cards or you take the top three cards of your deck, put them in the graveyard, and then you deal damage to that player equal to the converted mana cost of those cards. So give me three cards or possibly take a ton of damage to the dome, which really hard to choose in limited. Yeah, seems fine. Um, I think it's a little less valuable in limited as it is in constructed, but it's still, it's a bomb you want it. It's fine. Yeah, uh, to go with Just... something that... You know, just so you they know, though, you are never drawing three cards in limited. Probably, you're almost always losing those three and bolting them. Yeah, probably. Um, uh, you know, unless you're running green red, for instance, and they know you've got stuff in your deck that costs a bit, then they may be a bit more wary about it. Um, it's going to depend on the deck you're running. Because if you're running something blue red, you're probably your costs are probably not going to be as high. But something like green red, the, you may end up getting some cards because they don't want you beating them in the face for twenty. Yep. Um, to pick something that is not combustible gear Hulk, uh, I think that one of the coolest cards in this set for me is Harnessed Lightning. It is one red, one of anything for an an instant. Uh, it is an uncommon, so you have a chance to get a couple of these. You choose a target creature, then you get three energy. You can then spend any amount of energy. So that's including that three, or if you have more built up, you can spend that energy. However much energy you spend, you deal that much damage to the creature. The reason that I think this is really cool is, first off, it is a variable amount. So if you're taking care of something that's only a 2-2, you know, lightning bolt it, you're wasting a point of damage. Um... But with this, you could deal the two damage and save an energy over, or if you have energy from other things that you've played so far, you can put it all into one really big Harness Lightning and dome the creature for 10 if you've got the energy available. Yeah, I know, it's good. Uh, my limited and constructed card for red are the same. I think it's just, in my opinion, the best card in the set. The card I'm most looking forward to ripping, and I have four places for it to go. Chandra Torch of Defiance is bonkers. You know, I'm going to call you out on this just like you're calling me out on Gear Hulks, right? That's fine. I'll pick another one after this, but All I'm right. going to go over this card right now. Okay. It is, it's a four-drop Planeswalker, which is fine. We've come to expect things about that cost. No big deal. It's the average Chandra cost. Now, we just had a great Chandra come out in Flamecaller. This is strictly better. Her plus one ability, exile the top card of your library. You can cast that card. If you don't cast, which is just you being able to cast the card off the top of your library... That's red card draw. We don't get that. Yep. What's even better, though, is if you get a land, you can't cast that land. But that's fine. We don't need to cast it anymore because we're going to bolt you instead. We're going to get a free shock. That's fine. Well, and it's to each opponent, so it's very friendly for multiplayer casual games, which is my favorite kind of magic. Oh, yeah. And then the other plus one is add two red to your mana pool. So now we're getting rampant red. We never get that. I think, the yeah, that's Goblins. about as good as we can hope for. Goblins we have... Uh, whatever the storm card is that I can't think of off the top of my head. And that's uh, the closest thing we've got. Yep. Uh, minus three. She torches someone. She lava axes them. Lava axes Four damage five. to target creature. Alright, it's not lava axe. It's uh, unimportant. It's four damage. That's all that matters. And then if you get the minus seven, you win the game. You get an emblem with whenever you cast a spell, this emblem deals five damage to target creature or player. 
So suddenly so, your shock is doing seven damage. Yeah. Well, not even that. Your your creature, so you don't die, is also dealing five damage. Yep. You're like you're going to kill someone. Four spells and you win, provided you haven't done any damage, which is unlikely given her plus one. Yeah. I th- I think that that is absolutely bonkers. It is probably the card I think that is going to make the most impact out of this set outside of a few other ones. But she is definitely the in the top three of this set. Five, so, yeah, absolutely. So now pick something else because you you made me Gear Hulk. That's fine. I'm going to pick Welding Sparks as my other one for limited. Okay. I think it's a great removal spell. Three mana to deal three damage is what we've learned to expect now. It's unfortunately we're not we're out of the world of lightning bolts and even shocks are few and far between. But three damage, it deals. At, so we're gonna pay, pay three mana, two and a red. We're going to deal X damage where X is three plus the number of artifacts you control. With all the servos and thopters and vehicles and all of the other good artifacts in this set, you're probably dealing at least four. And, the one, and we're going to kill most of the things in the set. Yeah, and the one thing to remember with this is, um, like the, the card that I had mentioned earlier, the Harness Lightning, it is just to a creature, though. So red's burn spells are being more focused on creatures than, than players this go-round. Which is the way it's been for a while. Like, we haven't had a good burn deck in a long time. It makes me sad. Unfortunately. It, it does. I love that. But also, the good thing about this is the last the last thing I can think of is Bolt of Karanos and Theros was a 3-drop, three 3 damage to a target creature. It, that was our player, though. And you scribe, but it was sorcery. Mm-hmm. So at least we're at instant speed, so we can make this decision before we untap. Yeah. So the one red card that I want to talk about before we move on here that is really disappointed me um, is PNLR. Um, lore-wise, mm-hmm. this is Chandra's mother. Um, and so that's kind of, if you read into lore, you'll see why we're on this uh, plane to begin with. But she had always been kind of built up from the, the previous dual card Um she seemed a lot better than the card that they ended up coming out with for her, which is one red, two of anything for a 2-2, so three mana for a 2-2. When she comes into play, it creates a 1-1 colorless thopter with flying, and then her abilities are one red and one of anything to do fire breathing for a target artifact creature, which is plus one, plus zero, or one and sacrifice an artifact, target creature can't block this turn. It just doesn't seem to me to balance with where she should be in the lore, especially with as powerful as her daughter is and as strong as her dual card was before, that, that this is what they gave us for PNLR. Uh, her second ability is at least good. The target creature can't block, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So like, at least we're getting something out of it. It's it's going to be fine and limited. Yeah, it'll be it'll be all right and limited. Um, and especially, I mean, you could put... PNLR in a deck with the marionette to be able to have a sacrifice engine for your artifacts. Oh, it'd be so good. Uh, the other red card I really like in here for both limited and constructed, if you wanted, is Reckless Fireweaver. Whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, Reckless Fireweaver deals one damage to each opponent. I'm a big fan of the word each opponent because I'm primarily an EDH player now, and I only like to play multiplayer because yep. what are you doing if you're playing one-on-one EDH? You're wrong. 
Uh, the other the other card that's, that would be good for red, um, just speaking of vehicles previously, is Spireside Infiltrator. One red, two of anything for a 3-2 body. Whenever Spireside Infiltrator becomes tapped, so that's either when it's attacking or when you use it to crew something, it deals one damage to each opponent. Um, and because it has three power, it can power by itself most of the vehicles. So if you're running red and vehicles, Spireside Infiltrator is something that you really need to try and include in your deck if you can. Uh, to go back to black real quick, the Night Market Lookout is also in that vein. It's a 1 power, 1-1. One, one. It's 1-1 one, one for 1, which, whatever, we're going to play those more than likely if we want to turn 1 play. And whenever it becomes tapped, though, it does want, uh, you, you drain somebody. They lose 1 life, you gain 1 life. Yep, each opponent loses 1 life, and then you gain 1 life. Now, the yep. key thing to remember about that is it's worded specifically that you only gain 1 life. It's not you gain 1 life for each opponent. You just gain 1 life. Accurate. So when it comes to green, then, uh, I think that I, I'm going to kind of surprise you a little bit here. I'm not going to name the, the Gear Hulk out of the green. Um, the card that caught my eye and just made me go, if I got that and I could play green, I would play it, is Durable Handicraft. It is a one green and one for an enchantment. Whenever a creature comes into play under your control, you may pay one colorless. If you do, put a 1-1 one, one counter on that creature. And then for one green and five, you can sacrifice it to put a 1-1 one, one counter on each creature you control. Now, a big thing about limited is playing on your curve. So if you get off curve, your opponent can start to try and pull ahead of you. But if you have a card like Durable Handicraft, suddenly your two drop can be a three drop and it's going to get a plus one, plus one counter on it, which there are a lot of cards in this set for green and for green-black later on that specifically say if you have a counter on it or, or something along those lines. So your 2-2 two, two can now be a 3-3 three, three that's able to keep up your tempo, and then later on you can use this for a big burst of power. Yep, it's good. Um, I'm going to cheat, and you're going to make me repick again, yep. so I'm prepared for it. I think Nissa is also really, really good. Um, more for constructed, so I, I I should hold off and put her in my constructed list, but I want to talk about her now. Alright. No, uh, so my limited one. My limited is going to be a rare, though. Uh, it is Ovaya, however we want to be pronouncing this character. Ovaya Pashiri Sage Lifecrafter. Yes. I think that she's fine. It's a green one drop. She's a one two, which is what we're going to get out of one drop. We can't be mad about that. On top of that, she gives us an outlet for extra mana eventually. Two, you know, for two green and a tap, we get to make servo artifacts. Uh, we can build around that. We can make it so artifacts matter, like we've seen throughout this whole set. Artifacts matter, and then for five mana, four green or four colorless and a green tap, we create an excess color colorless, where X is the number of creatures we control. So our lower ability is feeding the bigger one. Yep, and and effects. we need to do that at instant speed. Creatures at instant speed. Yep, and effects like this have always been good. Uh, critters that have had this have always found a way to be impactful, um, especially like like with durable handicraft and other cards. You know, it comes into play under your control. You pay an extra one. Now your one one's a two two. Um, you know, it it builds on itself. The, the, a lot of the green stuff will do that when you see how the green stuff interacts with one another. Um, I think that that's really good. For Constructed, you already know that you're going to go with Nyssa. Um, the card I like, I, I like playing very aggressive green decks when I play green. And so when I saw this card and I just thought about the implications of it, it just made me really happy, and especially because it's an elf. So Cultivator of Blades is two green and three of anything for a 1-1. One, one. 
with Fabricate 2. So it can, when it comes into play, it can be a 3-3 or it can be a 1-1 with two 1-1s. Um, but the cool thing about it is when Cultivator of, Bla of Blades attacks, you may have each other attacking creature get plus X plus X until end of turn where X is Cultivator of Blades power. So you're g essentially giving all of your other attacking creatures plus 3 plus 3. That's good in, in elves already. But then if you think about it, if you have multiple of them attacking, let's just say you have two of them attacking and they're both three threes, the two effects are going to go onto the stack. The first one is going to go off, everything else is going to get plus three plus three, which includes that second one, which is now a six six, which is then going to turn around and give everything else plus six plus six. So you're going to get plus nine plus nine attacking your opponent with elves, which means you're going to have a ton of critters. Yeah, seems good. Yeah. So Nissa. Why I think Nissa's just fantastic. Mm -hmm. Five mana Planeswalker. Once again, that's fine. That's about where we're at for Planeswalkers usually, as long as we're not talking like Ugin and Nicobolus and stuff. Five mana Planeswalker. Three colorless, two green. Her plus one is untapped target land you control. Until your next turn, it becomes a 5-5 five, five elemental creature with haste. It's still a land. It's a fine ability. I personally don't like turning my lands into creatures with the exception of my Titania deck. So, that's a not what we're looking at at this card. Her minus three. Although if you get to run Gaia's Cradle or Nykthos or Green Black Cabal Coffers or something like that, double all of the stupid mana you've already made. Her minus three. Return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. That's fine. We love that stuff. That's all we want to be doing, right? Her minus six, though, is where this card's going to shine. You get an emblem with whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. And I know what you might be thinking. Well, how often do we actually get to ultimate our Planeswalkers? Usually not very unless we're cheating with a doubling season or something in Commander. Except for here, we come in with five loyalty. We only we get to ultimate Nyssa on the second turn. Yep. And now every time we make a land drop, we draw a card. If we're playing in a format with fetch lands, we have to draw two cards. Even Evolving Wilds now says for zero mana... Search your deck for a card, put it into play, draw two cards. It's fantastic. It's everything I want out of green. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is really good, especially with, like you said, fetch lands with, if you're playing a landfall deck, um, you're playing something like Fast Bond, it, it can get really crazy really quickly. Uh, to, to even put it even more clear than that, in my Titania deck, this card will regularly turn my fetch lands into saying, play a fetch land, Make a 5-5 five, five beast, draw a card, crack my fetch land, make a 5-3 elemental, put my new land into play, draw a card, make a 5-5. Five, five. Also, because I played a land, I might have Zendikar's roll out. Why not make two twos? I just made add like eight things to my board. It's fantastic, and I drew two cards. It's all I want to do in the world. <laughs> all right, uh, let's go to our multicolored uh, cards. So the one that just... There's, there's two of them that immediately caught my eye, and I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to give both of them, but they're uncommon, so you can't really say anything about it. Uh, the first one is Hazardous Conditions. Coming off of green, I was just talking about counters. Uh, hazardous Conditions is one green, one black, two of anything for a sorcery. Creatures with no counters on them get minus two, minus two until end of turn. This is a fantastic fantastic ability especially if most of your creatures have plus one plus one counters on them because it's not going to hit your guys the downside is if you're playing somebody who's playing green this card is essentially going to be a blank against them except to hit 
a few critters that they've got. So that's why it's it's conditional in this limited format. Once it hits standard, I think it'll be a, a lot better. But even so, you know, not a lot of people are going to necessarily be running green. So this could essentially be a board wipe on turn four for you that doesn't hit you. And I think that that's really strong. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, I've got a couple I'm going to touch on real quick. Well, let me get my second one. Let me get my second one. Fine, do a second one. So my second one is Unlicensed Disintegration. First off, one of the coolest names for a magic card. It's one black, one red, one of anything, which a lot of my favorite magic cards are are that same cost. Um, It's an instant destroy target creature. That, That alone is really good. I mean, that's that's a great effect. Destroy target creature at instant speed is great. No destroy target black creature, no nothing like that, just destroy yeah, target no, creature. Yeah, no limiters. We're not dealing damage. You're just dead. Go away. Then, on top of it, if you control an artifact, which this set, as we've mentioned a bunch of times, is all about artifacts, then Unlicensed Disintegration deals three damage to that creature's controller. So not only did I take out your creature, but I slapped you in the face on top of it. I, I see this card getting played in modern. Yeah, I, I see this card getting played in pretty much every format from modern forward. Yep. So my two limited cards here. I've got two that are for limited and two that are definitely for constructed. Yep. I think Cloud Blazer's a fine little top end dealy. Yeah. He's a two two, but he's he, he's Moldrifter. We want Moldrifters. We're gonna gain two life, draw two cards. That's fine. He's flying. It's a two two. Whatever. Great. We're drawing cards. We want to be doing that. Now, the card I think we want to look out for to both remember when we're playing. So, we ought to watch out for combat tricks when we're playing, both on our end and their end, so we know what to play around. Not a combat trick, it's a sorcery. I mean, that's it's fair. It's not a combat trick, but you need to watch out when you're deciding to attack and defend, because it will kill you out of nowhere. Engineered Might needs to be on your radar when you are getting ready to decide what you attack with. So, it's choose one. It's uh, three mana, green, white. You are going to choose one of these two options. Either a target creature gets plus five, plus five, and trample until end of turn, which is great. You're going to sneak damage through. That's what something we want. Or what I think is usually going to be the better mode in limited, creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and gain vigilance, which is great. All of our servos are three threes. All of our thopters are three threes. They're not going to tap, so we can block again. And I'm probably forcing you to block something. Yeah, I think everything we is, want in Magical Christmas Land. I think that this is a really strong card. I think that the one downside to it is that it is a sorcery because you have to play it before you're going to attack, which means you're going to have to be tapped out. You're not going to have mana available for combat tricks if you have them. But I think that if you're playing this card, you're probably <laughs> in a position where you're about to. You're either dying, and this is your last hope or you're already winning and this is sealing the deal right like do we need a combat trick after this like like i said just a just three three vigilance token artifacts whatever bring it yeah especially in white green you're gonna have a lot of those so for my two that i want in my my constructed decks uh first off has to be depala pilot exemplar which is one white one red one of anything for a three three already good uh she is a legendary creature dwarf pilot 
other dwarves you control get plus one plus one. Each vehicle you control gets plus one plus one as long as it's a creature. And that when she becomes tapped, you can pay X. If you do, reveal the top X cards of your library. Put all dwarves and vehicles in your hand and the rest on the bottom in a random order. So you do have to shuffle them up when you put them back on the bottom. You don't get to choose what order they go to the bottom. But I think that this is one of those cards that will be really good with vehicles. And it unlocks dwarf EDH. Um, which I think that a lot of people wanted a good dwarf legendary outside of using, you know, some of the other ones that are already out there that restrict you to one color. Because um, now you do get white and red, and you get something that gives other dwarves plus one plus one. It, it means you get the best dwarf ever printed. Yep. Mere entity. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and so I think that this is a really strong card. I think that this would even be strong in limited, um, provided that you do get some vehicles in there. Um, but I think that you could build a really good solid deck around her too, especially in, in standard format. But the other one, and my personal favorite card out of the set, is got to be Dovin Bon. Uh, one white, one blue, two of anything for a Planeswalker. He comes into play with three loyalty counters. His plus one ability, until your next turn, up to one target creature gets minus three, minus zero, and can't use its activated abilities, which I think is really strong, especially when you get him down and you stop them from being able to use a, an activated ability on essentially any of their creatures or, or slowing down their biggest guy. Um, but you also then get a minus one ability, gain two life, and draw a card, which I... I just love it for that alone. The fact that you can use that ability and he's kind of defensive. But the best part about him is if you can activate his emblem because emblems, again, are like energy in that I don't like that they're not interactive. You can't do anything about them once they're there. But if you get this emblem off, your opponent deserves it because you have to get all the way up to plus seven to start with. Um, so you can do the minus seven ability, which is you get an emblem that your opponents can't untap more than two permanents during their untap step. That will wreck practically every other deck you go against. Um, yeah, you just win. Yeah, you, you win, unless they've got, like, Seedborn Muse or something that's letting them untap more things. But, I mean, it just shuts them down, and it gives you two very good ways to give you time to build up to it. One, you can shrink down whatever critter is getting through, or two, you can be gaining life and drawing a card so that you can get answers to whatever is there if you're not able to just shut it down with the plus one ability. I think that Dovenbon is going to be fantastic and constructed. Yeah, no, I definitely see him getting thrown into decks. I think he'll get played. Uh, I just wish he was something more. But that, Is that's, it because he's blue? Me. Yeah, I hate blue. All right. Because he sings that stupid song every time he walks into a room. I uh, know. All right, so uh, what are yours? All right, so I'm going to start on the Planeswalker. I really like Saheeli Ray. You like Saheeli uh, Ray because she's a scryer for plus one. Well, I, so I do. Like I said, the places that this is going is in my Narset EDH. I run Narset Super Friends. So Scry 1 is great because I get to pick my Narset triggers and I get to pick what I'm casting for free. Um, I like creating a token that's a copy of artifacts. If I could have more rings, or not rings of Bright Arth, I run the other one because that's the one that helps. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head right now. doesn't matter, though. If I could just get more of the artifacts that I want that are important, I'd, I'm fine with that makes me a happy camper mm -hmm. and then minus seven just put three things onto the battlefield that i want three artifacts sure with different names but i'm putting it in an edh deck that's all i want like i don't 
honestly, I don't see myself using the minus two unless my opponent plays a thing I want. Right. I don't even really see myself using the minus seven that much because I'm probably going to be casting those things for free soon anyway. Yeah. The scry and deal one to each opponent is great. Okay. And it's three mana. It's a three mana planeswalker, which is awesome. Right. A turn three planeswalker is always fine. Yep. So what's your other card? The other one I really like, and I'm aware that I picked rare as a mythic and a regular rare for this. I really like Cumball. Cumball. Uh, Cumball. Console of Allocation. <laughs> Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, that player loses two life and you gain two life. Yep. This is going to be awesome in Constructed, because in a lot of cases, for Constructed, creatures aren't what matter. And on top of that, how fun would it be to splash red in your deck or to play red in your deck for this? And now we can put in, like, Eidolon of the Great Revel with it. So if you even play the kill spell, I don't care. I'm going to deal you four damage. I'll gain two life. And sure, you killed one of them. Just, I like hurting people because of their actions. I love taxing them yeah. based on their decisions. Yeah, no, one of the really funny things that you mentioned with that is this is a card that is perfectly up my dad's alley. Um, he, when I was growing up, when we were playing, because he, he was the one who I kind of played with to, to learn how the game works and that, that kind of stuff, one of his favorite cards was Psychic Venom because he could throw it on my land and then, yep, I could use that land, but if I wanted to use it, I was going to take two damage. And so this is like the perfect sp card, card for him because you drop it and then it's like, all right, now you know what's going to happen if you want to do that card. <laughs> right, no, and I love that. I love oh, a deck I'm currently building is send triplets, prison slash tax, mm -hmm. where just everything you do is going to be not good for you. Yeah. All right, uh, and then we're on to artifacts, which is going to be the last thing we're going to cover. Uh, unfortunately, with this set, the lands that we're getting, we're getting enemy lands, um, but the other lands that we're getting are pretty much remakes yeah, of lands. That we're getting existed. enemy fast lands, which a lot of formats are looking for because it's another. Like, they're fine. That's what, something we want. Mm -hmm. but yeah, but the other lands, there's only three other lands that are out there. Um, one of them you can sack to get uh, the top five cards of your library into your graveyard, and then you can take an artifact card from your graveyard and put it on top of your library, which is will be good for you know decks like uh, Dredge. You've got Ether Hub, which comes into play. You get an energy. You can tap it for a colorless, or you can tap it and pay an energy to get one mana of any color. And then there's Inventor's Fair, which at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more artifacts, you gain a life. Tap it to gain a uh, colorless, or pay four, tap it, and sack it to look for an artifact card, put it in your hand, and then shuffle your library. You can only do that if you have three or more artifacts. So the, the lands in the set, outside of the fast lands, situationally good, nothing you need to look for, nothing you need to worry about, I think, in Limited. Um, the Aether Hub may help you in Limited. The yeah, I was going to say, if you can get the Aether Hub, it's worth putting in, because you're probably going to get inconsequential energy. Yeah, so that's that's going to be it for lands. There's not a whole lot to talk about with this set. Um, kind of makes me sad, because I'm one of the people who really likes the unique lands. Um, <laughs> Spring Goat Pasture is one of my favorite cards, just because it makes goats, and it's not really useful, but I, I, I really like it. No, it's really good. Uh, I'm a I'm a Valakut man. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go to artifacts now. Uh, when it comes to artifacts, uh, I am... Now Non-Masterpiece Series. Non-Masterpiece Series Artifacts, because I didn't choose what the one anyway. You may have. I uh, didn't, actually. I my, don't really like the art. Yeah, my favorite 
card out of this, and I think it'll be good in Constructed too, but for Limited, if you can use him, it'll be really good, is Scrap Heap Scrounger. Uh, two mana for a 3-2, already looking good. He can't block. You don't really want to use him to block, though. Um, and then his ability is one black, one of anything, exile another creature card from your graveyard, return him from the graveyard to the battlefield. Not even to your hand. He goes straight back into the battle, ready to attack again. I think that he is great. I think that in limited especially, you're going to have plenty of critters that are going to be in the graveyard, and you'll probably have two extra mana that you can get rid of to pop him back out. Yeah, no, it seems fine. Uh, my limited pick... Um, I might be stealing one of yours, but it's one of the only ones I think is actively worth seeking out is Prophetic Prism. Mm-hmm. Two mana, draw a card, that's fine. And then you can filter your mana to f- color fix you if you need it. Yep. So you pay one, tap it, and then add one mana of any color to your mana pool. That That's fine. Two mana draw a card is perfectly fine. Turn two, whatever, it's great. Yep. And then you're filtering your mana, so you always have the color you need. Yeah, I really like that. Um, the other thing that I like is, just for another limited card that you want to keep an eye out for, is Filigree Familiar. Three mana for a 2-2. When it comes into play, you gain two life. When it dies, you draw a card. I really like it as a another critter that you can get out there really quickly. Um, it gets you two life, so it can help you, you know, like, like we said before, you build your deck to deal 20 damage, not 22 damage. But it also gives you another body, and when it dies, you get to draw a card back anyway. So there's not really yeah. a, a point. You know, you don't lose anything for playing him. You don't lose any card advantage. You gain some life. You possibly do some killing, um, you know, and you can possibly get some damage out of him. I don't really think there's anything bad about him. I almost think it's uh, kind of like the the lesser cousin to the old four mana for a 2-2 when it comes into play, look for a land when it dies, draw a card. Yep, Solemn Simulacrum, Solemn sad Simulacrum. robot. Yep. Sad robot. Now we have Happy Fox. It's so much better. Yep. Uh, my other limited one that I'm going to put say to look out for because it is a common. Um, so generally speaking, me and Randy are in agreement. We don't like the puzzle knots. Yep. If I yep. I am all for though playing the glass blowers puzzle knot. It is two mana scry two, which I'll, that alone I'll pay two mana for, and you get two energy. We are gaining on resources. We are storing these for later. If you have a 3-drop and nothing else you need to do, and you're playing blue, even if you're not playing blue, by the way, I'm probably playing this puzzle now. <laughs> but if you are playing blue even better, you have nothing to do in 3 mana left over, sacrifice it, scry to get more energy. It's perfectly acceptable. I'm going to go on record saying it is by far the best puzzle knot. And if you happen to be playing my other favorite artifact for the Constructed, it's so much better. If you end- So I'm going to say my Constructed artifact now. Panharmonicon. Yeah, that one that one seems like it's really good. Um, the the hard part for me is as I've gotten away from playing Magic as much as I did because the group that I played with I I don't I now live away from. Um, I play a lot more Hearthstone now, and so this guy just this card just reminds me of a Hearthstone card, which uh, yeah, it's not exactly the same, but it just it really reminds me of a Hearthstone card. I mean that's fair, but at the end of the day, it's just good. So I put it in my constructed set because what do we do in, like, what are we building things off of? We want value off of our creatures. The easiest way to add value to a creature is enter the battlefield triggers. So Panharmonicon, four mana. It doesn't do anything when it enters the battlefield. But if any, if an artifact or a creature now, from this point forward, entering a battlefield causes a triggered ability, do it twice. Trigger that ability again. So if it's played in limited, why not? And you play the glass blowers, not. Now you have two instances of scry two, 
and then you get two energy. So you're getting four energy, scry four, effectively. Yep. And then all the other ETB triggers with Cloud Blazer now, you gain four life, draw four cards. Uh, putting a bunch of servos into play with the white O-ring creature, you're putting two creatures underneath it. You're fabricating it, multiple times. Yeah, you're fabricating a bunch. Now you can pick both options if you want. Or just make one big creature. It's honestly my favorite non-Chandra card in the set. Yep. Um, I think the Panharmonicon is going to be a, a beast to deal with no matter where it is. If your opponent gets it down and you have a removal card, you, this is what you want to try and remove because it really does turn semi-mediocre cards into really ridiculous cards very quickly. Um, you're going to want to deal with it, and especially in Constructed, because if they got, have it in Limited, they may not have a whole lot that can work with it, but it does make those cards a lot better. But on top of that, I mean, if you really look at some of those cards, if they're building around it and Constructed, it's going to get nuts. I mean, even things like Murderous Red Cap just get absolutely insane at that point. Oh, well, just any of the... No, any... All of the Enter the Battlefield triggers. Um, The, the deck, deck that, that comes, comes to mind is Jeff who uh, Eternal Witness just got so much better. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, Jeff Hoogland runs a nifty little... Oh, I can't think of the name of his deck, I apologize. But it's all Enter the Battlefield Triggers. It's all a nice variant thing. Like, Kitchen Finks just got good. Kitchen or Finks better. Good just before. got good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was okay before. Mole Drifter is fantastic now. Yeah. Not that it wasn't good before. Evoking a Mole Drifter just became better. Yeah. Uh, Shriek Maw just got better. Um, the stupid Fleshbag Marauder just... Like, you have to sacrifice another creature, but so does everybody else. Well, I'm okay with it. you don't have one. And then you yeah. just sacrifice one and everybody else has to sack two. Mm -hmm. So my card uh, for constructed play, I've got I've got two. Uh, the first one is the one that I think that I would build around the most because I I'm really fascinated by this card is Aetherflux Reservoir, four mana for an artifact. Whenever you cast a spell, you gain a life for each spell you've cast this turn. So first spell is one, second spell is two, third spell is three. But then it has an ability on it: pay fifty life. Aetherflux Reservoir deals 50 damage to target creature or player. I am fascinated by this card because I really want to set that effect off. And then if you figure setting that effect off with things that, that can, you know, uh, copy a triggered ability or something like that, you could do some absolutely ridiculous stuff with this. It gives you life gain. I like to play white-blue anyway, so this would be a good card to fit into white-blue because white-blue already likes to gain life. Then when I'm countering things or, or prisoning things, I'm gaining life for those, and then I have a big, big kill condition. Yeah, I know that you gain all the life in the world, and you're probably still just going to shoot them dead. Yep, exactly. Um. The other constructed thing, so I have a second constructed one I want to talk about okay. after yours. All right, well, my second one is one that I'm I'm on the fence about how good it will actually be, but I'm, I really want to see somebody try and make it work because I, I feel that it could be really strong, is Metalwork Colossus. Uh, 11 mana for a 10-10, but Metalwork Colossus costs X less to cast, where X is the total converted mana cost of non-creature artifacts you control. And then, sacrifice two artifacts, return him from your graveyard to your hand. So, if you're running 
blue artifact control or white blue artifacts or anything with artifacts, this guy is already going to cost less because your soul ring is going to make him cost one less. Your mana crypt is going to make him cost less. And then you're going to be able to use those things to push him out so that you've got this big 10-10 beast. And then even if they deal with him, you're eventually going to have a couple artifacts that are floating around not doing anything that you can sack to bring this monster back again. Yeah, seem, seems good. Yeah, the one thing the one thing that I don't like about it, and the one thing that I wish is I wish that he had the ability to trample, because a 10-10 Colossus that doesn't trample just seems awkward to me. I mean, my servos can stop it. I like it. So the other card I like is not one card. It is the set of cards. It is a series of cards. They like to do this every now and then. We saw it with the Bog Witch, the Newt, and the Cauldron. Mm-hmm where they like to put combos, just entirely out, like standalone combos in a set. And we see it with the module uh, series here. We have animation module, de- what is it? Decoction module? Yeah, decoction module and fabrication module. So the way this works, turn one, ideally, so the, ideally, turn one, we cast animation module. Turn two, we cast a decoction module. Turn three, we cast a fabrication module, and now we are off to the races, everybody. We're going to play a creature once we have all three of these out. It doesn't matter what creature. Honestly, the cheaper, the better here. So we play our creature. We trigger our decoction module, which says whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you get an energy. Seems good, right? Now that triggers our fabrication module. Because whenever you get one or more energy, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. All right, I get behind it. Now the animation module. Whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are placed on a permanent you control, you may pay one. If you do, create a one one colorless servo artifact creature token. So as long as you have one mana, we can go through this cycle as many times as we want and be happy, happy tree brands. Creating two twos and giving yourself an energy. And then you Or include... you could make one five five. Like you don't have to target the same one one. That's true. Um, and the other thing that you could do with it too, there's some cards from back in the day that you know when a creature comes into play you can generate mana based on that um and which can then in turn be used to fuel this almost infinitely right we run a mana echoes and it's literally infinite as long as we're making that servo we're adding increasing amounts of mana every turn it it's just silly and fantastic and beautiful and it doesn't even have to be the servos like we could do it with yeah whatever we want really it's fantastic i love it Yep. I, I want to get this off in limited so bad if I get the chance to, I'm putting all three in a deck. <laughs> all right, so that is Kaladish's pre-release in a nutshell. Uh, we have put together this as a bonus episode because it ended up running a bit longer than we thought it was going to. So we're running this episode and our normal episode this week. We just wanted to be able to talk about this pre-release before it came out, get our thoughts out there, because this is something that we're both really interested in. If you have any questions about any of the cards, any of the combinations, anything that we've talked about, or if you just want to get our opinion on one of the cards that came out, or if you have questions about, you know, if I get this and this, what should I do? Feel free, hit us up on our Twitter, at 2 Nerds podcast or hit us up over on our facebook page which is two nerds walk in or you can go to our website which has been completed and put up there on the internets at two nerds any last thoughts on kaladesh it should be exciting everyone be happy we're here in a ha- oh tesseret's here 
Guys, Tezzeret's here! Tezzeret is here in the lore. Go ahead, take a look at that. I'm hoping that he makes an appearance in the next set of cards uh, that he, comes he up. He is on a card. Yeah, he, well, he's in the, the text of the jailing card, but I mean, he is not here. No, he's just, his picture is on uh, the red card with, that Chandra's mom is also on. Yep. They're fighting to the death. Yep. So, like I said, um, we're really interested in hearing back from you guys. If this is something that you're interested in, if you want us to do this again when the next set comes out, please let us know. Other than that, this is Randy Boyles for Two Nerds Walk In bonus podcast number one. And this is Aaron on the Two Nerds Walk In bonus podcast number one. All right. uh, We will catch you guys next time.